In last week's episode, we spoke about Agrippas. There are other places in the Gemara that discuss him and his good intentions. We'll discuss one of them from Maseches Erechin Dafyud Amud Beis. Welcome to another episode of En Yaakov, Beyond the Story. During the reign of Horodus, the king Horodus, Herod, um, the Besamikdash underwent major, major renovations. Some of the Hashmonaim kids, kings who followed him, also wanted to beautify, beautify and restore some of the kalim of the Besamikdash, some of the holy vessels. The Gemara tells us a story that Tanya Bishimon ben Gamliel, Shiloyach Hayam Kaleach Mayim Bekeisar. The brook of the Shiloach was trickling water through a hole that was as big as an Isar. An Isar is a very small coin, just about the size of a dime. That's the hole that was in the rock from which this water was sprinkling. The king commanded that that hole should be enlarged so there would be more water flowing. But instead, the water diminished. When they um, brought back the, the hole to the size of the Isar like it was, he continued to sprinkle water the way that he did before. This validates what is written in Yeshaya. A wise man shall not glory on his wisdom, and a mighty shall not glory on his might. Rashi explains that, in fact, the Shluach was a man-made brook, a pool that was built by Shlomo HaMelech. Shlomo drew water from the Nahar Gichoin, from the Gichoin River that was nearby, and he created a channel through which the water would come from the Nargichon to be all the way at the bottom of Arabais. This Rashi says that that makes it part of the Klea Mikdash, part of the vessels of the Samikdash. Being that the Shiloh was used for Nisuchamaim, which um, was a service of the water libation that was done during every day of Sukkot, and water was being drawn from the Shiloach. So Shlomo HaMelech has made it as part of the Kelim Besamikdash. And therefore, if they were all created um, as part of the Kelim Besamikdash, they were done by Ruach HaKodesh, by divine inspiration. As it says, as Shlomo HaMelech said, everything that has done to build this Besamikdash was all inspired by Hashem. So, therefore, what happened is that the king thought that changing the size of the out, output, of the water output, will increase the flow. Um, that makes perfect sense. But instead, is the other way around. Less water came. So, the Gemara finishes by bringing us the Pasuk from Yirmiyahu saying, you should not think that when things are done with command from Hashem, you, you can't really change them, even if it's logical, even if it makes sense. 
And that's why he brings the Pasuk, Don't think you're so smart. But why did the king, and in, in two places, the Rebbe says that the king was Agrippas, even though Rashi just said that he was a Melech from Malchus Beishashmonai, which of course Agrippas was one of them. He was a Hordus great-grandson in that case, Agrippas II. So why did he feel it was necessary to enlarge the hall of the Shiluach, to make more water come out? The Maharsha explains that kings were always anoint, anointed, anointed near the Shiluach. This was the closest wellspring near the Besamikdash, and the anointment took place there. And the symbol was that in the same way that water constantly flows out of this wellspring, so should the kingdom um, continuously flow, meaning that there should be no interruption on the dominion of uh, these, these rulers, of these kings, these monarchs. So he thought that if his whole kingdom is being compared to the water of the Shiluach, and the Shiluach is only sprinkling water from like a little spout, if that is what symbolizes his kingdom, he feared that his kingdom is actually quite weak. And by making the flow of the Shiluach stronger, he would uh, get a stronger kingdom. But that was a mistake because his plan only decreased the flow of water. So this story seems to be pretty um, simple, definitely one of the shortest uh, stories we've covered in these episodes. But there is a powerful message that we could learn from it. We know that water symbolizes Kabbalah soil. Water doesn't have any taste. And if, to the point that if somebody needs to drink water, but he's not thirsty, he doesn't make a bracha. Because there is no hanod, there is no pleasure in it. Water is something that is totally tasteless, and the only pleasure there is in drinking water is to quench the thirst. If somebody is thirsty, so then that is a very great pleasure. And that's why you make a, a bracha on it. What does that mean? No taste. Well, the word taste in Hebrew is tam, but it's also the word for reason. Tam also means reason. So water that has no tam, water that has no taste, actually means no reason. We know that the Torah has been compared to water. This is brought in Masachasuke, in Masachastainis, in, in many places, that the Torah, Torah is compared to water. And in fact, what is Torah compared to water? Torah is compared to the bitul that is necessary uh, to be able to learn Torah. So in short, water is Kabbalah soil. Doing mitzvahs without a precondition of understanding. Of course we need to understand the reasons for the mitzvahs. Even the Rambam says that even chukim, if you can, try to give it a reason. Because all mitzvahs are here to, perf- to perfect your moral and strength, straighten your actions. So therefore, even chukim you have to try to understand. But nevertheless, you have to first accept the mitzvahs as they were given to us by Hashem. And that is the first, the, f- the first condition. We have to accept the mitzvahs the way they are given to us 
without trying to alter them, without trying to adapt them and change them. So, as Torah is compared to water, because we have a few actors in this, in, in this uh, story. We've got the king, we've got the water, we've got the Isa, we've got the coin, right? So, we know water, I said, that represents Bitul, Kabbalah soil, represents Torah. King. The Gemara tells us in Gitin, Man, Malki, Rabbanon. Who are kings? The Chachamim. The rabbis are kings. So sometimes a scholar, Rabbanon, will believe that he has learned enough. He has learned a lot. And now he understands really the source and the reasoning behind every mitzvah. So he's reached such a level that now he's not, no longer bound by the limitation of Halacha, the way the Halacha has been set. He could argue that his position as a king, as a Chacham, the knowledge that he has, allows him to inject his own logic into the Torah, and by doing this, altering his structure. Such a person might say that, in fact, adapting the ancient practices to the modern values would strengthen the flow of water, with meaning will attract more, more people to the Torah and will make Torah more popular amongst the people today. That's exactly the, mix, the mistake of Agrippas. It is wrong, because what you're dealing with is Torah. You're dealing with Hashem's Chochmah. That requires bitul. That requires acceptance and self-notification. Just like Agrippas was sure that by changing the flow, changing the structure of the Shiluach, he will get more water. Those people will think that by changing the way we do things, the way we keep mitzvahs, adapting them to modern era, will also increase the water, increase Torah observance and so on. But what we saw in this story, that's the opposite that happened. Now there were many uh, little details that were brought in the story. But these little details are here to support the message. The Shiluach was sprinkling water from a hole as big as an Isar. Why was it so significant to tell us that it was as big as an Isar, just a coin? Well, the Gemara uses the Isar as an indicator to determine whether or not we bat down enough when we say Shmon Esre. When one says Shmon Esre, is supposed to... Um, uh, by Moidim, for example, or by the Broches, by uh, the first uh, two Broches and the last two Broches, uh, you're supposed to bend down your knees and then bow down with your body. So how much do you have to bow down? The Gemara says, Ke isar Like an Isar against your heart. There are two ways to uh, uh, interpret this statement. Uh, the first is the way Rav Haigon explains the Gemara saying that you bat down until you could see the, if an Isar, which is a very small coin, will be on the ground and it is opposite your heart, which means like when you bat down, it will be against your chest. You have to bat down close enough that you could see that small little coin. Of course, we're talking about the time in which people didn't have glasses. So then it means you really have to get close. According to Rashi, on the other hand, it means that you have to kneel and bow uh, only leaving enough space between uh, your knee and your heart 
to fit an Isar. Basically, according to Rashi, the bowing down in Shmanesra is to be very, very extreme. Not just you could see the Isar that's on the ground, but that you could actually fit just the size of an Isar in between. Whichever way you cut it, the Isar is being used as the, the measure uh, for kneeling, which we know that kneeling in davening is an expression of bitul to Hashem. We are becoming subservient. That's why we're kneeling. So you see the correlation between the coin, the water, and all of it telling us it's all about the need for bitul. As I mentioned before, that this story is attributed to Agrippas, and uh, we find in the Gemara Psachim that, Agri- that Agrippas was a, a suitable ruler. He was Melech Kosher Hayo, like I mentioned last episode. It also says that every single Jew pr- offered the Korban Pesach during his reign. As long as he was the king, every Jew brought the Korban Pesach. So, once again, we are using uh, the Korban Pesach as a, a measure of Agrippa's virtue. Now, what is a Korban Pesach? Korban Pesach is about skipping, right? It's called Korban Pesach because Hashem skipped over our houses. So that represents Avedas um, Hashem in a way in which one leaps to the next level. Not just going gradually, but leaping to the next level. Agrippa's association with the Korban Pesach and the Jews' observance of Korban Pesach is actually telling us a lot about Agrippa's himself. That his avoider was in a way of Peseach, in a way of leaping, rather than just Beseder V'hadrogon. So one could think that once he has reached already this level of skipping steps and going beyond just like the gradual worship of Hashem, he thought that perhaps now he is not bound by Bitul anymore. Maybe he could take a more rational approach to his service of Hashem. This Maise with the Shiluach reminded him that regardless of your high uh, state and level that you have reached, once you are only relying on your logic and no longer keeping in mind that you have to do what Hashem says, just the way he said it, then the water stops flowing. This will also explain why, in a different place, the Gemara, the, Ram, the, the Gemara tells us that Yochanan Goen Godel, Marin Broches tells us that Yochanan Goen Godel serves as a coin for 80 years, and after 80 years he became a tzedukim. So the Rebbe explains that after 80 years he was confident already that his own understanding and his own logic will guide him better. So he abandoned Kabbalah soil to rely on his background and he ended up becoming a tzedaki, somebody who does mitzvahs without the bitul and Kabbalah soil. Somebody who does mitzvahs only if it's something that makes sense to him. And the message to us is that although a person might be very knowledgeable in Torah, could be a king, he has to remain humble. In fact, not just remain humble, but have complete bitul to Hashem. The Tzemach Tzedek writes that in the Echmitzvah that the reason why everybody is bottled to the king is because the king is bottled to Hashem. So automatically, 
his bitul to the Abishter makes it that the people themselves are bottled to him, they nullify themselves to him. That is to be kept in mind by everybody who is in a leadership position, especially Talmid Chachamim, like we said before, Man Malki Rabbanon. That even though historical knowledge grants him certain powers, privileges, authorities, he does not have the authority to make any changes in halacha, any changes in the Torah, any modification that will be in that um, realm will only decrease the flow of the water. As we mentioned in last episode, the year of Hakel reminds us that we are all kings in our own right. And as kings, let us learn from Agrippa's mistake this time. Let us realize that our decisions have to be based on the Torah's guidelines and not only to rely on our logic and our own understanding, even if we may think that more observance will come out of it, we cannot change the flow of the water.